Listener Production. Coming up on today's episode of Footy Talk, we talk about all of the retirements across the week. Isaac Smith, Luke Shuey, Trent Cotchin, Andrew Phillips, Ben Cunnington. It's been some emotional times. We take a good look at round 22 and what role will Brody Grundy play for the Demons on Saturday night? That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Ah, great to be with you for Friday's edition of Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, of course, hit the bell. Three rounds to go, and we're still no clearer on who the final eight teams will be come September. I'm Jack Heverin, alongside the Saints Hall of Famer and the smartest man in footy, Joey Montagna. Joey, Hello. good to see you. Jack, good, thank you. Good to see you too. How are you doing? Going well? You good? I'm just Excited. trying to work this ladder thing. Oh, out. tell me about it. I don't know who, like, we'll go through the games yeah. and who's going to land where, but... It should become a bit clearer after this weekend, yeah, shouldn't it? Should it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, it was amazing last week. All the teams that if they lost, they would have been done. All found a way to win. Essendon, Sydney, uh, Geelong. You know, some teams that have just hung in there. Mm. It's hard to get a real read. I think there's a lot of more hope then. I think um, sort of substance with a lot of these teams. Like they might limp in, but um, I'm not sure how much damage they can do. But then the top four are faltering, and all of a sudden we've gone from having a big gap between the top four and the rest to all of a sudden, you know, teams like the Giants and the Blues and maybe the Bulldogs, some informed teams coming with a rush late in the year. And then there's a couple that are just wobbly at the wrong time of year as well. Port Adelaide for their top four, St Kilda to finish in the top yep. eight. We'll get to all of them very, very shortly. Been a week of retirements, this one. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had a chance to get together and talk about it in the last few days here on Footy Talk. We've had Isaac Smith yesterday, Trent Cotchin, Luke Shuey, Andrew Phillips. Has, ben Cunnington ben as Cunnington. well. Some There's big been names. a few that have walked away. It has, yeah. It's, I mean, it's this time of year that uh, all these announcements come. None of them any real shocks, I don't think. Um, Jack Zeeble was another one a few weeks ago. They've all been stars for their clubs, absolutely. Um, Andrew Phillips was a, a slight surprise. I watched his um, retirement speech to his playing group. I think that was his call. He wants to move back to Tasmania with with his young family um, because he's probably the one playing the best football of his career. Yeah, that surprised Andrew me. Phillips, that yeah. yeah. So I had to look just to see what it was and, and he wanted to uh, move on and, and start the next chapter of his life with his young family and I think the pool's been there to go back to Tasmania for a while. So we wish him well, but uh, otherwise, yeah, these other blokes have all been absolute stars and for whatever reasons, their body and mind have just sort of started to catch up as it happens to everyone. Sounds like the Cats were pretty surprised with Isaac Smith. He spoke yesterday at his press conference, said that he went into Steve Hocking, the CEO, and Andrew Mackey, the list manager's office, on Monday and said, guys, we need to talk, and they were taken a bit aback. Were you? Uh, probably not. No, I think that you've got to continue to start to just drip feed the, these superstars that have played at that club out eventually. If they don't this year, then there's some more that are over 30. You know, Zach Tui's another one that's sort of around that age bracket. Um, they've got to look at look at it eventually. So, no, no surprise. It's great that he's gone out on his own terms and, you know, four premierships. I'm pretty sure he's going to be pretty happy in retirement. You didn't retire all that long ago. Take us back to, if you can, when you make the decision. Now, you were injured, so your yours was kind of forced on you in a way, but when you make the decision, what does that process kind of look like when you and your, and your beautiful wife Erin talk about it and you decide what you're going to do? What happens next? Now, this is the, the little bit of the myth, Jack, is 90, I would say 90 to 95% of players don't choose to retire. Uh, they, yeah. they get they get sort of tapped or told that, you know, we're going in a different direction because everyone's still got that belief that they're good enough. You still think you can. I know there's a few, and this has been a bit of an exception, Ben Cunnington being mm. a bit of an exception, you know, just lost that that passion and fire. Um, Luke Shuey was surprised to say that he was offered another year if he wanted yeah. it, but he chose not to with his body. something else letting, on the horizon Letting him down. Yeah. But um, normally, you, you know, you think you can go one more, but you get told. So not many – I think in my time, 
I think only Lenny Hayes was probably the only player that went when it's when the club wanted him to play one more. Everyone else, I think, was pretty happy for him to move on. So I got the tap as well. So then you get to the point where you've got to address the group. Did you had you like pepped yourself up to when you talk to the boys? You know, here's how I'm going to go about it. Nah. Here's what I want to say. No, nah, that is really hard. There's a real reason the emotion comes is because. It's knowing, so you've all known, going into say that speech, you know you're retiring, but saying it out loud is something different. It actually is something different about verbalising those words and, and the emotion that runs through your body that, I mean, it is, it's a significant chapter of your life that ends yeah. and, and it is, you go from, from being this, this person and everything you've done to completely cold turkey. You just, you, it's like for me, I describe it, you've got a little man on your shoulder the whole time in an AFL footballer, you know, being careful in public, what you eat, what you drink, when you next got to train, all those things. And all of a sudden that just disappears. Mm. You just take it away and you are like, oh, wow. This is like I'm a normal human being. So did and it you, takes a while to get used to. Did you like tell yourself don't don't cry in front of the boys, don't show emotion, hot, keep it together? Um, I don't think I told myself that. I thought I'd be okay. Yeah, because as you said, you, you know in your own head I'm retiring. Just got to as soon as you start saying it though, it's something different. Well, let's take a listen. Not sure how it'll go, so bear with me. Um, oh, already, uh, obviously, just officially want to announce that I'm hanging up the boots. Um, I know I spoke to. A fair few of you over the weekend, over a few beers, but um, it's uh, officially time to hang them up. Um, it's been an excruciatingly hard decision because I love footy. Uh, I um, love this club and uh, wasn't sure how I'd go. But, um, oh, there you go. I didn't, I didn't remember that at all. Has your voice got deeper since you retired? I don't know. Were you, or don't did know. you no, just that was, suck that, on some helium brought, before you did that, that speech? That brought up some emotion too. I didn't even remember that. But, um, yeah, as I said, it's a, it is a pretty um, sad time, but we wish them well and they have a beautiful life out of You them. showed the emotion, and I think one thing we've seen this week is that emotion's great, but I reckon when you're talking to the group, and we see so many of them now filmed by the clubs, get the emotion out of the way, do the thank yous, but finish on a little zinger. Finish mm. with something just to have a bit of a laugh towards the end and go away with a good memory. And you had a zinger ready to go for yours. Thank you for an amazing time to everyone. Um, I've enjoyed it. And uh, it's now time to, to move on and put on some weight. So, Alison, your number's going to be on speed dial because uh, I've already put on three kilos in a month, so I'm scared about what six months will look like. But um, and then I'll see Schneid's as well, and that scares me too. So. <laughs> Well, well, Schneid's got to drive by on well, the way through. Well, yeah, Schneid's was the first. Well, I was spot on, wasn't I? I was right. <laughs> I was worried about the skin folds. Alison, the dietitian, she wasn't on speed dial. I haven't contacted her once. So um, there's something in that. But that's all right. That's all part of it. No, it's great. And well done to all of those players. We'll talk more about Trent Cochin very shortly. Isaac Smith as well, four-time premiership player coming from nothing in country Victoria yeah. to carve out a, what's well, been an amazing career. Playing VFL North Ballarat and got plucked and he's had a wonderful career. So, yeah, as we said, well done. Speaking of that, Cats and Pies. Tonight, this is a big game, big stakes. Still no Tom Hawkins for the Cats. Craig McRae's gone back to Will Hoskin Elliott this week as well. Left him out last week. Ash Johnson not in the team. Mm. A lot on the line tonight. A lot on the line. This game for somewhat sort of sums up the season, doesn't it? Like, got no idea. And there's going to be storylines whichever way this goes. If the Pies win, Watch the storylines. Pies are back, and everyone that wrote them off is going to cop it, and all those sorts of things. And if they don't, you know, there might be some more pressure coming yeah. on them and Geelong all of a sudden will be like, look at the Cats, they'll get Hawkins back and they're flying. Like, there'll be a lot of overreaction, I think, to this performance tonight, whichever way it goes. So I've got no idea who will win, to be honest. I mean, 
as much as, you know, I've sort of seen the Pies numbers and, and sort of thought that this may come with some losses and some tough times, I'm not overly bullish on the Cats' best footy. Like, they've been a bit patchy as well. So it's a really hard one to predict. I'm just look, I'm just fascinated by the game, looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Well, you dive in deeper than most, mm. which is why we love you here on Footy Talk. But the, the numbers don't lie for Collingwood in terms of ground balls and contested possession. Yep. So rounds one to nine, number one in the competition in both of those, smashing everyone. Since then, they've fallen off the face of the planet. It's amazing. They've gone from being the most dominant. So winning the ground ball is an important part of footy because it gives you an opportunity, obviously, to have the footy. It's in dispute to start either, you know, your offense or to stop the other team from being able to score. They were dominant in the first 10 weeks of the year. Like, number one, almost doubled the second best team. And the last 10 weeks, they're the worst team in the comp. Mm. Like, it's not like they've gone from being elite to average. They've gone from being the best to the worst. So I... I can't explain it why, um, but it's a huge part of the game because it just put pressure on their defence. It means they've had to try and score from their back half more, which is all good and well against Gold Coast and Fremantle and you know, West Coast that we yeah. saw. But when you play against very good team defences, it's very hard to score a lot of points out of your back half. So that's been their issue. But Geelong is still hit and miss for me. MCG, I, I don't know. So I'm going to lean towards the pies. Um but as I said, not really sure. Last one on this game. So Craig McRae's wife got stuck into him last week and said, why didn't you man up on James Sicily? And if you're at the game, and I was there for triple M footy, James Sicily did whatever he wanted. He mm. rolled around and was best on ground by a mile. Cats have got Tom Stewart this week. Does Collingwood and Craig McRae put a little bit of work in? Because they are 100%. similar players in 100%. some respects. 100% they'll put some sort of work Have in. To. How much they do? Like, do they go a full down tag? Maybe not. But no doubt, no doubt they've got a plan for Tom Stewart. Now, they probably had a plan for Sicily. It's one thing having a plan. It's another thing being able to execute it. But I think they'll be more diligent with their role in Stewart tonight. Saturday afternoon at Marvel Stadium, the Kangaroos and the Bombers. George Wardlaw back for the Kangas, which is great. And Ben Cunnington, as we spoke about, is going to get his farewell game. Yeah, it'll be an emotional for the North Melbourne supporters to us. Uh, Send off Ben Cunnington, one of their favourite sons. Um, looking forward to this one. Two young midfields, a lot of high-end draft talent. Um, Essendon, you would expect to win this, but maybe North Melbourne with the Cunnington emotion yeah. give themselves a bit of a sneaky chance. There's still more twists in this season to come, and this might be one of them. If you're going off last week, Essendon are just going. Yep. They only just put away the West Coast Eagles. Yep. Defensively, they've dropped away. It was a massive strength of theirs at the start of the year. Big improvement. We all spoke about it. The last six or eight weeks, they've gone back to bad habits of just being able to switch off defensively, yep. allow teams to score against them. So they would want to sharpen that up. Otherwise, it'd be embarrassing for them if they got beaten by the Ruse. And they are still only a game out of the eight, so they yeah. just have to win the Bombers. Simple as that. Sydney need to win as well. Saturday afternoon at the SCG, they host the Gold Coast Suns. Shout out to Sam Day, who's playing game number 150. Has had some horrible injuries along the way. That hip injury he had three or four years ago was the equivalent of a car accident. He's had to work his way back from there. So... Well done to him, um, but the Swans at the moment are playing some very, very nice footy. They are a little sleeper, Jack. They've won four on the trot. They've won five and a half of their last seven. So they've only had one loss in their last seven weeks. I like the way they're going about it. Offensively and defensively, they are flying. It's just their ability to win the contested ball and clearance game that's letting them down. If they can go from being one of the worst in the comp to just being average and give themselves more of a chance, they could be the one. So I expect them to beat the Suns, beat them comfortably, and they might be in the eight by the end of the weekend and just making a little run. Two points outside mm. the eight with a couple of winnable games. They've got uh, Sydney, uh, Melbourne in round 23, That's Yeah, next say. week, Adelaide and Adelaide. Adelaide so it's not an Adelaide. easy finish. So but challenging, yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Crows, they got the Lions on Saturday twilight at the Gabba. Oscar McInerney back in for Brisbane. Josh Rochelle dropped. For yeah, Adelaide, he's had, he's had is, a really poor, mm. really poor sort of six or eight weeks. I was going to do something 
during the week that I didn't get to. It was going to be called the Dealmaker's Dip, Jack. The blokes that signed their Do you con- think of that title yourself? Yep. Uh, I've got some help with it at Fox. It's but it was bad. going to be blokes that have signed their contracts and they just breathe out a little bit and just relax. Oh. So Cozzy Pickett, remember early in the year, signed his big deal, went through a patch where he couldn't get a kick. Josh Rochelle signed a deal in about June to extend out to, I think, to 2029 maybe. Yep. Just since then, he's had a little breathe out. There's a few others. Nick Blakey was a bit the same. I think Adelaide of Jake Saligo on a long-term as well. deal now as well, yeah. So just it is a little human nature. You sign a long-term deal and maybe you just breathe out a little bit and are not as sharp and hungry. So it'd be good for the young kid. It's That's fine. His trajectory is going to be – he's going to be a superstar. But just at the moment, he just had a little a little clip and he'll start the sub. Saturday night, game of the round, no doubt about it. Outside of tonight, of course, Carlton and Melbourne. Brody Grundy back in for the Demons. Clayton Oliver, who we haven't seen for quite some time. It's been the weirdest hamstring injury of all time, this one. Yeah. Back and straight into the midfield as well. Blues going in unchanged. Yeah, this is the two informed teams of the competition. So the first point I will make to anyone listening is don't overreact to the loser because one of them's going to lose, but that doesn't mean that there's anything bad about it. They're just coming up against one of the – well, the two, as I said, the two top teams mm. right now. So um, it'll say more about the winner. The winner is like if Melbourne win and knock off Carlton, you're like, well, right, there's our premiership favourite. They're in the box seat. If the Blues do it, I know the lid's already off, but it will be like the only thing stopping them from making a grand final will be coming from fifth. But yeah. they could do it easily. Um, I'm fascinated. Can't wait for this game. Oh, I've got slight more faith in Melbourne just because of the history. They've done it for longer and done it for a number of years. But the Blues love the way they're playing. Seven in a row, Carlton. The numbers don't lie. They don't. But then if you look at it glass half empty, not to pinch your mm. segment from Sundays, they're due to lose one at some stage, the Blues. Well, this is it the different Blues that can just keep winning? Or well, do they have a little dip? Yeah, we're, we're going to find out again. So we're doing this one for Triple M on Saturday night. Can't wait. What happens with Brody Grundy? He's been spoken about so much in the last few weeks. And for those who – when he found his way out of the team, for those who said, I oh, won't get back in now. Like, there was always going to be an injury at some stage. He was always going to get his chance. Harry Petty's the unfortunate one who's going to miss the rest of the season with a foot issue. Where do they play Brody Grundy? Well, that was me that didn't think he'd get back in, and I'm surprised he's playing. My gut feel is they want to try and be as stable as they can for finals. So I think they've decided that Joel Smith's going to be their defender. Yep. They want him as their third defender instead of Adam Tomlinson. Yep. I think Grundy's just a gap stop until Tom McDonald's fully fit. So Tom McDonald's making yeah, his return okay. to VFL this weekend. They're going to give Grundy one more look because I think they've been wedded to just the Grundy experiment. So I think they almost feel they owe it to give him one more look. It's not a bad time to try it. Tom McDonald needs at least one, maybe two VFL games. If it doesn't work by round 24, you play Tom McDonald and that's what you go with in the finals. But we'll find out. We're going to learn a lot about Tom DeConing tonight uh, on Saturday night as well, I reckon, because he is up against the benchmark of Ruckman, Max Gorn, whose last month when he's been rucking solo has been phenomenal. Mm. We talk about Brownlow votes. He would have a few in the last month. Yeah. And this is a big challenge for TDK. Yeah, it is. It is. And he might start well. It's more about the third, fourth quarters. When when the Ruck's starting getting fatigued, you have the strength to compete in the Ruck contest, or does Grundy, uh, sorry, Gorn do what he's done and just work them out the way and, and have an influence as the game goes on? You know, the other thing out of Saturday night, which is going to be very interesting as well, as you say, we're going to be there for Triple M footy. We're going to have the Matildas on, the big screen at the MCG. Yeah. I'm going to get there earlier now just to, so uh, to be there and check it all out. Yep. Big screen on at the G. It's very cool. The AFL have moved the start time back by five minutes or so just in case. What happens if it goes to extra time and penalty? Well, that's a good question. You'd know more than me. What will happen? What will they do? If the big screen's on, it's 7.25, it's the 108th minute, we're in extra time, it's one all against Denmark. Do we just flick the screen off and put the stats on and the game starts? 
I think they're going to have to, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to have to. But the TV coverage, I think, will stay, would you think, with the footy? Yeah. Oh, sorry, with the soccer? I would think they would stay with the soccer. Yeah. And it might be a, uh, if you want to watch the footy, start on seven, mate. And yeah. It'll be back after quarter time, yeah. I reckon. Or but Fox. very, very cool gesture by the MCG because it sounds easy to do. It's actually not with commercial partners and all of these other things. There's a bit of work that goes into making it happen. Good on them, though. It's Everyone's jumped on board the Matildas and we'll all be watching Saturday Twilight. On the other side of this, we'll take a look at the rest of round 22. This is Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk, Joey Montagna and Jack Heverin. Of course, if you've got a question for us, you can get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod. TikTok as well, at Footy Talk Pod. Uh, we're halfway through round 22, Joey. Saturday night, West Coast and Frio at Perth Stadium. Uh, the Eagles did everything they possibly could last week except win the game. Yeah, win-win for the Eagles, wasn't it? They played brilliant, but they still keep Harley Reid. <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking that as I'm watching. I'm like, they, they're going to win this, Eagles. And what, what do they get for winning it? They're going to lose Harley Reid. So I know. Um, in the end, it's worked out well. Um, good on them to be more competitive. And this might be their grand final. They might just get up and about for this game against Fremantle. And for all the, the horror show the Eagles have had this year, wouldn't they love to inflict some pain on Fremantle and turn the attention to the Dockers yep. and just turn the attention off them? So we'll see how they go. I think Fremantle, they'll have started to find some of their best football, so they should win. Yeah, it's too little too late for yeah. the Dockers in a way, isn't it? Yeah. They've looked good the last month. They have, and that's probably been the frustration is that they should have been playing like this earlier in the year, but uh, I think they're building for a big crack at it next year. I reckon if you're sniffing upset anywhere this round, and you, of course, gamble responsibly, but if you're just having a look at some value this weekend, look no further than Hawthorne and the Western Bulldogs Sunday in Launceston. The Hawks, awesome last week against Collingwood, and the Western Bulldogs can be a little bit up and down at times. A little bit up and down. Uh, Jack, every time I tip the dogs, they lose, and when I don't tip them, they win. I seriously can't catch the dogs. So for Hawks fans, it's exciting for you because I'm going to tip the Western Bulldogs, but um, that'll probably mean Hawthorne win. You're right. Hawks' best has been great. The dogs... I don't. I think they're building something though. I think that we've Do seen you? this in the past. Just the, the, you know, there's now they've got Liam Jones and Ed Richards back in defence. Yep. They're their two best defenders. Uh, we know their midfield have been flying, flying all year, and the forward line. You know, it, it's thereabouts. Norton and Jamar and Cody Waitman. They're all playing so. Just watch out. Just watch out in the Western Bulldogs. I think they should win against the Hawks. This time last Friday on this show, we were talking about Sam Mitchell putting it out there saying that Finn McGuinness will go to Nick Dacos. Mm. There's no if buts or maybes. He hasn't said it as much this week, but Luke Beveridge went the other way yesterday and said, well, we think Finn McGuinness will go to Marcus Bontempelli, but good luck. He's six foot four. He runs everywhere. He tackles. He wins contested ball, and we can send him forward and can kick goals. So a bit of reverse psychology Yeah, here. I like it. I like it. It is it is interesting because Sam Mitchell doesn't always just go with the, the most obvious. I know Nick Dacos was, but you wonder and go, okay, because Bont can do so much, does it upset the apple cart a bit? Why not just send Finn McGinnis straight to the Libertore? Because you know, you know where Liver's going to be. He's only playing in one spot. Yeah. And he starts so much of their offense with the first possession and clearance. Sometimes you've got to cut the head off the snake. And I know Bonson Pally's the superstar, but if you take away half of Liver's contested and clearance ball, well, then maybe it's not as easy for Bonson Pally to get the next ball. Well, so. the other one I wondered was Adam Trelaw, who's had a yeah. great six weeks of footy where the Finn McGuinness goes to him, and whether Connor Nash, who's bigger, stronger, Maybe not quite as big a tank as Finn, mm. Finn McGuinness, but does he get the Bontempelli job? Potentially, yeah. There's, there's some different ideas. Um, 
But Bont's the one. You've got to try and stop. But, yeah, as you said, Bont's so versatile. Good luck. Shout out to Rowan Smith, too, who's uh, been at the Bulldogs for the last, I want to say, about nine years. He's been as an assistant as an and assistant. then the player before that for about 17. Amazing player with yep. the Western Bulldogs. Just a, one of the great people in footy that you meet along the way, too. He'll be leaving the club at the end of the year. So, well done to him. He's spent a lot of time at Whitten Oval and done some great things. Yep, spot on. Uh, time comes for everyone. Nine years in assistant. I think the assistant coaches, some people are saying, oh, how come he's already been told? Most assistants get told in August whether they've got another year or not or they, whether they're going to um, continue on. He was out of contract. That is so they can start looking at other yep. clubs. So nothing real surprising there about um, about Rowan Smith, just nine years. As an assistant, a long time for any assistant. He's just one of the dog's favourite sons. Sunday, Arvo, the Saints and the Tigers. Trent Cotchin announcing his retirement on Thursday. He'll go down in history as the only Richmond player to captain three premierships at that proud footy club. When you think about where Trent Cotchin was, I reckon about the midway stage of his career, Joey, could find the footy, got a lot of criticism for perhaps winning the easier ball and the wraparound handball, that sort of stuff, reinvented himself as a tough in-and-under ball winner that set the tone for his footy club. Uh, it's one of the great stories. Him and Dusty were running around your rock, getting 30 every week, winning best and fairest, but the team wasn't playing finals and... He led the charge and said, no, I'm changing the way I play. It'll be quality over quantity. It'll be less numbers, but I'll be doing the team things. And everyone else jumped on board, and the rest is history. So well done to Koch. It's a remarkable achievement. He's going to be an AFL all-time great, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where he bobs up next phase of his career. Did you ever go head-to-head with Trent Cochin? Uh, a little bit, early days. We had a sort of a soft spot for Trent Northern Knights boy. Um, oh, yeah. We sort of had some connections around the similar areas. So I was always one to watch him grow throughout his career. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been great. So Koch retires. We don't know what Dusty's doing. He's playing at Richmond next year. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And I, we, <laughs> I know a lot of people like throwing up his name. No, I, 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 no, I know. But you're I hearing, you're hearing yeah, that other people yeah. throw his name up because it's interesting and yep. it gets clicks. But he'll be playing at Richmond. Okay. We don't know what Jack's doing. No. We what don't. do you think Jack will do? I think Jack should play on. So do I. Uh, yeah, I think that he's had a, 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 a bit of an underrated year. I just had a look at some of his numbers this week. I mean, his numbers are stack up almost identical to players like Todd Marshall and Jamar Hagen, who everybody would be saying at their clubs have had, you know, are pretty important players and what they do. And he's actually tackled more than them. He's taken 50 marks inside 50. He's kicked over 30 goals. And he's meant to be the second or third banana mm. at his age. So what he's done has been pretty impressive. There's no one really who he's keeping out of the side. You know, Samson Ryan is going to get more chance next year. And um, I think that he should go on. And I, I always a bit more err on the side of giving your veterans one more year. Yep. If he's not in the best 22, he doesn't have to play. But what he can offer the footy club is still pretty significant. I agree with you. And I think they get Tom Lynch back next year. Ryan Revolt is their three-prong forward. Yep. Jack can be the third tall. Yeah. Get the third. Best Doesn't defender. have to play every week. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Who's winning that one? <sighs> Tip with your head, not it. your heart. Uh, Come on. Probably Richmond. Saints are – I've spoken to a lot of Saints supporters. Gee, it's funny. They just The Saints are just teasing them. They're just hanging around just in, and teasing <laughs> all the Saints. They were like, could they just have put us out of our misery six weeks ago and missed finals? But now they're still in contention. Like, their first half was amazing against Carlton and their second half was horrible. So, which are we going to see? I think Ross will fire them up. I think Ross will have them wound up, but it's a big ask against the Tigers. I know we've said tonight's game's massive. I know that we said Carlton and Melbourne is one of the games of the round. We might have the best at the very last. Port Adelaide and GWS at the Adelaide Oval. Port have got rid of half their SNFL team that apparently played last week and and, and it was a win. They Mm. did everything but sing the song, (laughs) even though they didn't actually win. But they got a lot of players back this week. But the Giants are in nice touch right now. Giants are in great form. I wish Bedford and Daniels were playing. They are both very important players to the way they play. 
I was at the game at Geelong last week. I thought Port Adelaide were terrific. You know, considering um, the players they were missing, their midfield, like Ro- Rosie, Butters is back to his absolute yep. best. I know he was carrying like a hip flexor or groin for a few weeks. He looks like he's over that. So he was flying, Horn Francis, etc. So I think Port Adelaide will get the job done at home. Yeah, do yeah, I do. I think the Giants yeah. are – yeah, I, the Bedford one hurts Giants win sure. everywhere. They've yeah. won at nine different venues. That's I right. think they've already won at Adelaide Oval earlier in the year. But, no, I think Port will find a way to get the win. This is a bit rinse and repeat. I feel like we've spoken about this a lot. But we're heading into another round, which is now round 22 and three to go, and we still don't have a contract for Ken Hinckley. No, that'll get done for me. I think that even though they've lost, you can say, their last four, I thought the coaching performance of him to almost beat Geelong was excellent, considering the players they were missing and, and no back line. And then even a couple of weeks earlier against Collingwood, they outplayed Collingwood for yep. three quarters. You know, like it was a, a really good performance. So you don't get caught so much on the wins and losses. Ken's done enough to deserve two more years with this group to try and win a play. two enough? Well, I think it's the right call by the club. Maybe Ken would love, but that's like anyone. You'd love longer. But I think for the club, two more years to try and win a flag with this playing group. And Ken's probably been there for, you know, long, long enough. I think that's a win-win for everyone. Okay. Let's get to bold predictions time. And credit where credit is due. You are on fire right now when it comes to your bold predictions. You're knocking this one out of the park week in, week out. But... Round 22 is a tough one. Where are you going? Yeah, I said the Eagles would go close to beating the Bombers I, I, last see, week. See, I'm giving I? you a win. That's oh, like almost Port Adelaide I, I winning against it. Geelong, even though they didn't. I'm giving you a win for that last well, week. Well, I might be doubling down on the Bombers. I'm going to give North Melbourne a chance now. Oh, for last hello. week it was West Coast. Hello. This week it was North Melbourne. Ben Cunnington's last game, the emotion attached, George Wardlaw back. If you're ever going to get yourself up, and Clarko's going to get them fired up for one more game. I think the Kangaroos can cause an upset and beat the Bombers. I like this. I like this a lot. Uh, I'm taking the Hawks on Sunday. Yeah. In Launceston. Fair enough. I think the Hawks are going to stack up very, very nicely. Are you on tomorrow? Yep. Do it again tomorrow. You back tomorrow? Yep. All right. Well, can't wait to dissect tonight's game. Oh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Thanks for joining us on Footy Talk. Joey's back tomorrow. Until next time, stay safe. Listener.